The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. What is up, everyone? It is the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, finally rejoined by my awesome co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, so glad to have you back. Glad the travels were safe and the beaches were nice to you. In the great state of Hawaii, before we get rocking and rolling, I do need to give one big shout-out to my guy, Clint Bowling, for filling in for Aaron last week on the podcast. But we are here now. It is Monday evening, and Aaron, it's conference championship week. Luckily for us, Georgia is playing in the SEC championship this weekend in Atlanta with a college football playoff berth on the line. We've got a bunch of news to break here on the podcast. We're going to recap Tonight, what happened this past weekend, we have to talk about the crazy coaching carousel that's going on all over the nation right now. But most importantly, Aaron, you and I get to rejoin each other and have a lot of fun this week. How are you, my man? I'm so glad that you're back from Hawaii. Tell us about that. I am excited to be back, obviously, seeing you. Kind of missing the beaches already. It was a rough (laughs) day today. I was in such a good routine of waking up, getting a nice uh, mimosa on the okay. beach with a nice buffet, maybe a little uh, Mai Tai. I mean, we, we had a great thing going on, had some great hikes, some one illegal hike that I thought I was going to die multiple times. Uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, Sh- Sharon had the brilliant idea of doing this, this hike. It's called Stairway to Heaven, and it's absolutely beautiful, but it is government property. It's not You're not allowed to go there completely not completely barricaded they have a guard they have cops yeah so you, if you're gonna do it you got to do it early so we wake up at three o'clock in the morning we go we have to go through a neighborhood and you have to like sneak around the guard so we had to go through the woods so it's completely pitch black we end up getting lost in the woods for an hour and a half so she's mad at me i have no idea Is where it i'm dark going outside still it's yeah it's four o'clock in the morning it's completely Jeez. pitch black we have our iphones like leading the way so completely lost. And then finally we found our way, sneak past the guard, go under a couple of fences and gates and and get to the stairs. And, and these stairs were used back in World War II for uh, the guys that climb up to the top of the mountain to give signals to upcoming ships, incoming inbound ships. Sheesh. So anyways, it's been up for a long time. People have actually died on this hike. That's part of the reason why they've shut it down. So Sharon has a brilliant idea that we're going to do it, and it is – probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. At times we are completely vertical climbing stairs on a mountain. If you slip and fall, you're going down, you're tumbling. You ain't just tumbling. You're, you're, you're probably going to die. And it's pitch black. I have one hand on my phone, one hand climbing. So it was not the, the safest thing I've ever done. Probably not the smartest thing I've ever done. And, uh, but the views at the top were, were definitely worth the hour and a half hike up. And about the hour and a half, hour and a half hike down. So it was an adventure. So the whole week was an adventure. It was a great before. time. Yes, people have, and they uh, they routinely have helicopters come and save people once they get to the top because it's so tough to get back down. So probably, like I said, probably not the smartest thing we've ever done, but it was it was a great bonding moment for us. I think I could became, imagine so. I think we became a stronger couple. I would hope so. 
So it was awesome, and we had a great time. It was a great game Saturday versus BYU in Hawaii. Um, got the oh, so it was a little switch up, but great weekend. But in the back to reality, back to work, and and back to getting ready for a big weekend, man. I'm just waiting for these five days to be. Yes, I'm ready for Saturday. Yes, huge week ahead, conference championship week ahead, Aaron. I know you, I know you got a super, super busy schedule. You'll be all over the place, rocking and rolling, doing some appearances, getting out, hanging with the fans. That will be awesome. And if anybody follows you on social media, they will be able to see the pictures of the hikes that you and Sharon did in Hawaii. You are at Murray 11 on Twitter and Instagram. I am at DrewButler13. And we, of course, the show is at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Punt and Pass at gmail.com if you have something more long form that you would like to let us know about. All right, so the plans for the week ahead, Aaron, before we get to the coaching carousel and before we talk about what went down just a few days ago, huge week for us. We're going to do a show Per day, we're going to talk about all the games that are going on this weekend. We are going to talk a lot about the SEC championship game. We're going to have some guests on throughout the week, but Friday, Aaron, I can announce it. Friday, you and I will be at Sweetwater Brewery doing a live taping of the Punt and Pass podcast. That's right, Friday evening. Friday at 6.30, Aaron and I will be at the Sweetwater Brewery. It's located at 195 Otley Drive in Atlanta. That's in the Ansley Midtown area, and it's an easy drive from Buckhead, Midtown, Downtown. Wherever you're staying at for the game, we'll be in the tap room. Beers, football talk, Aaron Murray's ugly mug, and myself. Mm -hmm. I'm handsome, so I even it out. We will be there. We'll be able to hang out with everybody. It opens at 4.20 if you want to arrive early. But we'll be there at 6.30. We're going to tape for about 45 minutes to an hour. There's no admission fee. Come in there, get some pints, some flights of tasty beers. I love Sweetwater. Shout out Sweetwater. Take a tour of the production facility. Do whatever you want, but come hang out with us. There's a food truck there. It's going to be awesome, Aaron. It is going to be awesome. Are you fired up? Dude, I'm pumped, man. It's going to be a fun week. I know you and I, like you said, we have a bunch of events going. We're going to be out and about, but I think the Friday night is going to be a great start to the weekend. Get a little the liquids flowing, yes. get a little pun pass podcast in yes. everyone's life. It's going to be a great start, and it's supposed to be just beautiful weather all weekend. I was looking, Thursday going to be a little rainy, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous weather to be out and about, having a good time, cheering whoever your team is, whether it's the dogs, whether it's the Tigers, whether if you're an Alabama fan because, man, they are still alive. They're still yeah. cranking. And I think Vegas actually has them as the number two odds to still win the national championship, <laughs> even though they don't have the fate. It's not in their control. Nothing yeah. is in their control Yet they're still number two to be favored after Oklahoma to win the national championship, which is just absolutely mind blowing to me. Uh, but it's going to be a fun weekend, man. I'm excited to get out and about to be in front of the fans to have some fun. Everyone show up to Sweetwater on Friday. We'll also have some more announcements as the week goes on. But let's have some fun, man. Let's get rocking and rolling. That's what we do. We have fun here on the podcast. I'm glad and excited to get out, meet some fans and listeners, have a few beers and get this weekend started. Speaking of getting things started, the coaching carousel across the nation, Aaron, is full-fledged, all signs steaming ahead. Dan Mullen today announced as the Florida Gators coach. I believe you called that a couple of weeks ago, Aaron, and you sent me a picture 
yesterday. I think it was from the local Tampa Bay paper, and you would think I'm the photo editor. It's a picture of Dan Mullen when he was Florida's offensive coordinator, I guess at a camp, and you are standing right next to him in a bunch of Florida gear. That's pretty funny. Also, Kevin someone fired at Texas A&M. Brett Bielema fired walking off the field at his last game at Arkansas. Matt Luke, I think rightfully so, was named the head coach at Ole Miss. Chip Kelly heads back out west. He's at UCLA. And the rumors, Aaron, the rumors are flowing right now. It's looking like there are talks to get Jimbo Fisher to Texas A&M. I think, and I'll break it right here on the Punt and Pass podcast, Scott Frost will be going to Nebraska, but the news of the weekend, yesterday, Sunday, it was an absolute debacle on Rocky Top. Tennessee is a dumpster fire right now. I guess they had a mutual agreement of understanding that would make Greg Schiano, yes, that's correct, Greg Schiano, their next head coach, and there was a full-on revolt by the fans, by the alumni, by boosters, by former players, and it fell through. He is not going to be the head coach. The athletic department is currently still searching for a coach. This story intrigues me so much, Aaron, and I just don't even know where to start. I have to get your thoughts on it. Do you know Greg Schiano at all? Do you have any previous relationships with him? I'm so interested because my hot take here, I don't even, I'm not even sure if it's a hot take, I don't feel sorry for him one bit. No, it's it just... I tell you what, the, the world is, it's just a crazy world. And it just shows you one that the power of social media nowadays, it's unbelievable think, okay. that. Do you think it was the social media outrage that made the decision change? Or do you think they heard from enough people that matter like boosters and alumni? Oh and yeah. Former players they had plenty said, of alumni. Yes. And I've heard plenty of players uh, that said, came out and said, Hey, listen, if you hire him, we're not going to be donating X amount of dollars next year to yeah. the program. So that's, that's everyone gets a little tight, a little, little scared. But I think then all of a sudden those stories get out, those stories and then the fans' reactions and the Twitter. And, and I still believe Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, it is powerful nowadays. Oh I mean, you God, can yeah. really get – you can get the ball rolling in one direction. All of a sudden, and when you're the top ball guys for Tennessee, you're like, oh, man, we're about to have a revolt on our hands. I still think once you make a decision, you got to just got to stick with your gut and just roll with it. Now I think you look worse <sighs> off. I think you look worse off now than you did before if of you course. did hire him. It just looks awful. But whose fault now, is it? It's the athletic director's fault. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Tennessee's fault. fault. It's nobody else's fault. Um, it, it, when I first saw it break across my Twitter feed, because that's how I found out, I was like, Greg Schiano? <laughs> like, I, I cannot think of a more obscure name to be Tennessee's next head coach with all the candidates that are out there right now. I'm sitting there going, that can't be true. How could what, they what have, has he done? What has he done? Somebody, he you know, Rutgers. Rutgers, I mean, he was 50 and 50, okay. 50%. Okay. He goes to Tampa, he goes to the pros, doesn't do awful. well. He's out of there. I mean, Just I've awful. heard stories from NFL guys that say brutal, like not even fun to be in the building, oh. terrible at coaching during practice. I mean, you have to build a culture in the NFL, did not know how to manage in the NFL. Now he goes to Ohio State, and he's the defensive coordinator there. I mean, save me the character check if he's coaching for Urban Meyer. I mean, we all know about his Florida reputation. I mean, I'll throw Aaron Hernandez in there. I mean, I don't want to hear anything about how good of a guy Urban Meyer is and how he's vouching for Greg Schiano from a character standpoint. Coaches get guaranteed money. They know exactly what they're doing, okay? Tennessee did not vet 
their alumni and their boosters and their fan base properly. You leak this kind of stuff, right, Aaron? You leak it and go, hey, Greg Schiano is the front runner. Then everybody gets in an uproar. Then you hear from people who are going to matter, and, and they go, up oh, on to the next one because that won't work. They came out and said, Greg Schiano will be the next head coach at Tennessee, and it hit the fan. I mean, this was absolutely insane. Again, I don't feel bad for Greg Schiano. I know a lot of people were bringing up some of this Penn State stuff. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to comment on that because I, I feel like that's kind of um, just not even part of the story here. But go back to his NFL days. I mean, when he was the head coach at Tampa Bay, he leaked out to the media that one of his own players, Josh Freeman, had failed drug tests, okay? This guy, I don't feel bad for him one bit. Nope. I can't believe any of this ever happened. And I think if he did coach at Tennessee, it would have been Butch Jones 2.0, probably on a lot faster of a scream. I don't think he would have won eight, nine games at Tennessee. No chance. Listen, I feel I, I feel. Maybe a little bit bad for him, but not too much. But I feel bad mostly for the Tennessee program right yes, now because yes. right now you want to talk about having to rebuild this program. I don't know what who wants to take that on because if I'm a recruit already with all the craziness throughout the year, you've seen it with all the decommitments, everything's going on. If I'm a parent, I'm not going to send my kid to this no, nonsense. No chance. Dude. No chance. You, They're about to lose. They're going to be so far behind in the recruiting game with getting good guys to even getting a good coach this year. It's going to take a long, long time to see Tennessee back and rolling in the East. And it's a sad day because they are a great program, yeah. a lot of great history, a lot of great players. And to see the turmoil, it just looks bad for the SEC. I think all of this looks bad for the SEC. I think it looks bad for the coaches, the programs, the ADs, everyone in charge. All this craziness with coaches, it's just it's not a great look. It just makes the SEC look like we're stuck up. Uh, and that we think we, every team needs to win every single every every single game every single week. It's not going to happen. These guys need to be able as a coach to develop the program, to build the chemistry, to build the atmosphere. Uh, and they just they don't have a chance. So it's just going to be harder and harder to get great coaches. I know a big name being thrown out right now is T. Martin, yeah. former quarterback at Tennessee, coaching at USC right now. I think I think they need to go to someone who's played at Tennessee, yeah. someone the fans can. Can you have to enjoy be able to relate the, to the fans? Yes, yes, you have to. At this point, you have to. I don't think you can bring someone that hasn't been around the program. Um, so I think I think T. Martin is a logical answer. I think the biggest problem with T. Martin is, I know his wife is some L.A. superstar out there. So I don't think she wants to go to Knoxville. I think she, <laughs> I think her and her career out in L.A. are pretty important to their family. So I think it's going to be a tough persuading her to go from Hollywood to Knoxville is going to be a little bit difficult, but I think he's the, he's definitely the best answer right now for Tennessee. If they want to get even closer back on track. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Okay. They have to be able to, whoever it is, whether they have Tennessee ties or they don't, you have to be able to relate to the fan base. More importantly, the boosters and the alumni, I think towards the end of the Butch Jones era, he was so tone deaf during his press conferences. He was not speaking to the fans, right? I mean, it's changed drastically at Georgia, for example, when Coach Rick would say the same exact thing every Wednesday during his press conference. Now, refreshingly, Kirby Smart gets up there and answers the questions concisely, but he gives something different week after week leading up to the next opponent, and he's a Georgia guy. They can relate to him. That stuff matters more now than ever at Tennessee. So this is one to watch, I think, and this is crazy. I mean, consider it a hot take or not. 
hell, get full Phil Fulmer back there for like two years and just say, buddy, bring it back somewhere, and then maybe bring T. Martin, head coach in waiting, right? I mean, something like that. Well, like I, you shit. know what name? I, I'm gonna. You're gonna get happy about this one, please. John Gruden. Oh my God! Do listen, you have an listen. In? Let me just listen. Let's. Can we listen, I have a little news? in. Okay. Okay. First Tampa all, native you know, Aaron Murray. You know ESPN right now. They're having all their troubles. Yes. They're not getting all the viewership. They're losing a lot of money. The highest paid person for ESPN, John Gruden, was he getting six or seven million dollars a year? He's getting a lot. What way can they cut money? What way can they cut money? Cut his salary it's a little just like bit. Like in the NFL, I'm man. sure. Take I'm sure. Big, yeah, I'm sure. If, I'm sure if they go to him and say, hey, listen, hey, we're losing money. We need to cut costs somewhere. You're the highest paid guy we have here at ESPN. We need to kind of knock that down a little bit. I'm sure everybody said, all right, fine, cut my salary. I'm going to leave and go to Tennessee now. So I'm sure he's bargaining back and forth between Tennessee and ESPN, trying to get a little bidding war going on. So I'm not going to, at this point, I'm not going to throw his name out of the hat just because of the problems I think that are happening at ESPN. Okay. I like that. I like that. So Gruden back in the race. News breaking right here on the Punt and Pass podcast. I, I mean, I got into it. I didn't get into it. I had a conversation with Joel Klatt from Fox Sports today on Twitter because he tweeted out, Tennessee is having to focus on coaches with Tennessee ties because no one will touch that job with a 10-foot pole. You were led by emotional hypocrites with a severe lack of football knowledge that incited an internet mob. You made your bed. Now go back to sleep. And I just went to him and I said, dude, think about this, okay? And then we'll finally move on, Aaron. I said, think about this. Greg Schiano was about to become one of the most, if not the most influential and highest paid employee of the state of Tennessee. The university has to listen to their supporters, at least a little bit. People did not want Greg Schiano. It's as simple as that. When you have big-time people with a $350 million facilities renovation underway calling and saying, if you hire Greg Schiano." I will not write any more checks. The AD's going, uh-oh, because the backfire is felt immediately, and you have to make a switch. So I feel bad for no one except the University of Tennessee and that I don't even want to say incompetent. I don't even know how to describe what the athletic director did here because he it does not look good. And I think if they went a T. Martin, David Cutcliffe, Phil Fulmer route, that would not be the worst decision for where they're at right now now which is a dumpster fire and and throw some kerosene on it and chuck a whole matchbox into it because it is exploding any any more thoughts on this before we go on because i could talk for an hour about it i I know we have to be somewhat unbiased here you know i mean we are georgia men and but gosh it does i do love it a little bit it it hurts me a little bit listen my sister's my sister's boyfriend they've been dating for about a year now he went to tennessee he uh, he played baseball there. He loves whenever he comes over to the house. He loves wearing his Tennessee gear. So I just you know I'm definitely going to be this this Christmas and this holiday season as we spend more time together as a family. I'm going to be rubbing it in a little bit more each and every week. I might have some Tennessee shirts made, okay. uh, just making fun of them a little bit for the family to wear around the house. But it's just it's I just I go back to my previous statement. It just it doesn't make the sec look good as a no, whole no it, it's it makes, a bad look it's a bad look on the sec and and that's one that's the, the big unfortunate because it's such a great conference and you think they'd have the best of the best from from coaches to ad's to players and obviously right now everyone just looks like uh they're incompetent and it just looks really bad yeah it does look really bad but the sec east looks like it's george's to run for about the next four or five years depending on how quickly dan mullen can find a quarterback 
Uh, I know that's your boy down there. Big congrats to him, man. And I heard he's bringing Todd Grantham with him, too. So maybe Christian Robinson heading to Gainesville also. Georgia fans have to be happy. They've got to be happy, Aaron. It is uh, interesting times in the SEC. But, hey, thank God for Kirby Smart and what he's been able to do because Georgia is looking good right now. And this recruiting train, it's full steam ahead, brother. It yeah, is full, full, full steam ahead. And just going to damn on a little bit at Florida. I think it's a great hire. I think he's a guy he's been there and, and everyone loves the the new shiny car, the Scott Frost, the guy who young coach lean a team to undefeated season. And I think he's a heck of a coach. I think in five years, he may be one of the best coaches in the country. I just, I don't think he was ready yet to be a head coach of an sec football team. I think it's a different responsibility from being in, in Orlando being in Disney world, not having to deal with the pressures of sec, the media, the fans, the support, all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think he'll be going to Nebraska. I think it's the right fit for for him. He's been there. He understands the culture there in Nebraska. I think the sec is just a different beast. I think Dan Mullen understands what it takes to be successful there. He's been there. He's won championships there. He can recruit the state of Florida extremely well, especially with the talent that his offense needs. I think they're going to be a tough team. And uh, I think he's ready. He's he's already there. He's working right now. It's not like they're preparing for a bowl game. So he's out on the trail recruiting, yep. figuring out who he needs to get uh, to build that recruiting class. And I think he gets some top guys. I think they could be a tough team next year. Uh, they're already a good team now. I think they just need some good leadership from the coaching standpoint. Absolutely. One more question before we move on to recap what happened last weekend. Any chance that Jimbo goes to Texas A&M? Oh, there's always a chance. I yeah. mean, you can't. Honestly, you can't knock anything out right now. There's just honestly, I don't, I don't know why he would go. You're you're at Florida State. You're one of the best teams in the country. I know not this year, but you're going to be at a place that's going to be consistently battling for championships. You're getting paid extremely well. You're in the state of Florida. You got tons of recruits. I, I don't know why you'd want to leave. It, it just it's kind of mind blowing to me, especially going to the SEC where fans and and alumni are so fickle, and it could be a quick turnaround or it could be a quick out if you don't produce in, in the first three or four years i think he's built it to where he's at florida state right now where he can even have one maybe two bad years and he's still going to be fine the fans love him and he's going to be able to produce yeah no doubt no doubt and i know you're doing really well with cbs sports and you just wrapped up your first season as an analyst but dude i think you went the wrong direction the money these guys are getting is absolutely Ooh. bonkers listen my, my dad texted me last night so i'm on the plane right back from hawaii and he's the one who sent me the picture uh, down in Tampa of Coach Mullen and I. <laughs> That's such a great picture. Wearing, I'm going to tweet it so out on Punt and Pass. Uh, I knew you. I, th- I figured you'd get a chuckle out of that one. But anyways, he's like, hey, you better hit him up and see if, uh, yeah, see if he needs an OC. I'm like, listen, one, I'm not living in Gainesville. <laughs> and two, the life of a coach is, is not the most. I know they get paid well, but it is a stressful life you don't get to see your family you have to worry about your job security year in and year out and every job you do but that a little bit more um just not the lifestyle i want i think it'd be fun i love coaching but just don't think it's for me right now no i agree you got a pretty good gig right now especially if they ship you out to hawaii for a week with miss sharon that's gotta be fun all right aaron let's dive in and recap what happened in week 13 but before we do that guess what dude guess what what What's up? We What's have good? our first advertisement on the oh, Punt and Pass baby. podcast. Mama, we made Let it. Let me hear what you got. Let me hear what you got, baby. We got it, man. All right, the holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving just wrapped up. And here's a funny thing 
for you to understand. Every single year since I was probably two years old, you know what I've gotten in my stocking? Candy. This is, this is a true statement. Candy canes. No, I have not gotten candy cane. I have gotten socks. And I love nice. it. I get socks in my stocking every single year. And this year, it's going to be different because the holidays are here and you need to get your ass in gear. Start shopping right now and start crossing off your list with the perfect gift. That's right. I can rhyme. I'm talking about none other than SockFancy.com. SockFancy.com was started by a fellow UGA grad, and you can gift this sock subscription to any of your friends or family members. It's super easy. You can start with a three-month, a six-month, a nine-month, or a year-long subscription, and SockFancy will handle the rest. It's truly the gift that keeps on giving. The best part is it ships free all over the world. If you don't like the pair of socks that you get, you can swap them right out. They'll take care of that for you. This is shopping made easy. Well, now's the time, Aaron. Get an extra pair free of socks when you sign up on the link, sockfancy.com slash punt pass. That's right, sockfancy.com slash punt pass. Go now and enter the code punt pass at checkout. That's P-U-N-T-P-A-S-S at checkout. One more time for everybody out there, sockfancy.com slash punt pass to get a free pair of socks added to your subscription when you enter the code punt pass at checkout. So I know what I'm getting for pe- for my family members that don't listen well, to the shoot, podcast. I, hey, I'm why getting... don't you get me some? I asked my parents and my family for socks for my birthday. No one got me any socks. So hopefully my parents better be listening to the podcast first well, off. Well, here's what you need to do and now. And two, too. they need to subscribe for me. You there know, you I need some socks. They can they can take care of that for you at SockMancy.com slash punt pass. Cool. But when you're rocking your suit on CBS Sports, now you can wear your sock fancy socks and do like a little high kick on the camera and show people what there you got you go. rocking down there. I need some more swag. You know, it's it's the big thing nowadays. It's a sock game. It's not about it really I mean, the suit's got to look good, but everyone wants the socks. Yeah, man. You and I got your... some basic socks I've had for about ten years. They got holes in them. They smell. I love the rubbing Sharon's face when I'm laying in bed. <laughs> she just hates it so much. So, listen, they need to get me some new socks. Damn it. Perfect. Well, sock fancy, we appreciate you, and I'm sure you'll be hearing from more of them throughout the holiday season. Aaron, it's time to recap week 13. Let's touch back on what happened on our picks last week. Myself and our guest host, Clint Bowling, shout out, Clint. We went 4-1 and one against the spread. You checked in from Waikiki Beach. I'm not sure if your head was really in it. I don't blame you, but you went 2-2. Two and two. So get this, dude. Get this. I picked five games because I was here. You picked four, all right? We ended the regular season. I'm 27-23 and 23 against the spread. You missed out on a game, so I'll let you pick an extra one on me this weekend. You are 26 and 23 against the spread, so oh, just baby. over 50%. I like that because that means we are making money. But let's start with the game that I think was my blood bank guarantee of the week. I said Georgia, Georgia Tech was not going to be close. I said there was absolutely no way Georgia Tech could compete. Georgia's linebackers and their defense have way better athletes. Georgia's offense way too dominant in the run game, and Georgia Tech's defense, man, they did not look good. Georgia dominated Tech on the flats, 38-7. to UGA is rolling again. Best of all, Aaron, they're healthy. And their revenge tour, which was fully avenged in 2017, gets a bonus stop for quick action against Auburn. They're only lost this year. That, of course, is this weekend in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the SEC Championship. What would you think about Georgia? I mean, this got out of hand quick. I know Tech scored late before half. 
But Georgia rushed back down in 40 seconds, got three points, and the route was on. I mean, just an unbelievable day. And you want to talk about Georgia Tech, obviously a rushing team. They're going to get over 300 yards a game this season. Georgia held them to 188 yards rushing. And I know everyone's like, oh, 188, that's, that's, that's a lot of yards. That's an awesome day with a team that runs the ball that much, that well, to hold them to only 188. I mean, Georgia had 247, I know. 247 rushing, and then Fromm threw for 224 yards. He had a great day, 12 of 16, two touchdowns. He looked good. He looked confident. I'm telling you what, that corner throw he threw for the touchdown was an absolute dime. And I've seen him a couple of times this year. And one of the good things I like about him, along with many things, is his ability to stand in the pocket when there's a dude in his face and still deliver an accurate pass. He's going to need this weekend, and we'll dive into that Auburn game. But it, it, like you said, they're healthy. Yeah. And, and the teams that win at the end of the year, the, the teams that win championships and move on in the playoffs are usually the teams that are the healthiest. Yeah. And, and right now, Georgia, you got to go to the running backs. And, and going back in, in years previous, they've had one stud and maybe two studs, but a guy's hurt. And one guy's having to carry the ball 30, 35 times a game. All of a sudden, now you got this game. Sony, 13 carries. Chubb, 12 carries. Swift, four carries. I mean, Holyfield, nine carries. I mean, no one's carrying the ball over 15 times. I mean, these guys are fresh. They've done it all year. No one has been carrying the ball over 20 times a game. They feel good. I mean, these guys probably feel just as good now that they do at the beginning of the season because there's so many backs. They feel healthy. And then you look at Auburn. Carryon Johnson's carrying the ball over 30 times a game. <sighs> getting knocked around by big team, big time defenses. There's no wonder reason why he got banged up and hurt this past weekend. I think that is the key to Georgia's success. This entire season is the fact at the running back position, because we are a run first team. They've been able to keep those guys healthy by continuing to mix them up throughout the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was a great segue because the next game we're going to touch on from last weekend is the iron ball. Auburn takes down number one ranked Alabama inside Jordan Hare in Auburn. The score was 26 to 14. Auburn has now beaten the number one team in the nation twice in the last three weeks. They have lost two games on the season, though, Aaron, and they have both been on the road. The big talking point about this game was the injury of Carrion Johnson. You just mentioned it. Dude was taking a beating. This was a knockdown dragout fight as everybody expected, but I don't think anybody could have foreseen carry on Johnson getting hurt. They're saying it might be his shoulder or his shoulder blade. Yep. Um, I know Gus Malzahn came out today, did not really give many details, was not willing to say if he was going to practice today or not. Um, but this ain't the 80s, bro. This ain't like when Herschel Walker, you know, ran through Notre Dame in the national championship in 1980 with one shoulder. Carry on Johnson is going to be feeling it on Saturday. I don't think any amount of tour at all can help this kid out. George is going to be licking him if he does play. I'll be really interested to see if he suits up. And I think the other news coming out of Auburn is that Cameron Petway may be able to go this weekend. So trade one, add another. But Auburn, not healthy heading into the SEC championship game. Not healthy, but I tell you what, Jared Stidham, a kid that uh, I was high on Uh-oh. early in the season. Uh-oh. Are you dumping listen, Baker Mayfield and going no, to Jared there's Stidham no, now? There's no chance. I ch- Yeah, listen, I've been saying a lot of good stuff about Jared Stidham all year. Really I still have. think he throws a great ball. He's he's progressed every single week. I know he had a rocky start to the season. Learn a new system. First year uh, new receivers, SEC. new running back. First year in the SEC. But, man, was he impressive. 21-28, 237, had a rushing touchdown. He looked damn good the I entire know. game. And and the most surprising thing, I've never seen Alabama play so bad in it my life. It was insane. I've never seen them so many men. They looked 
it looked to me like the Georgia Auburn game where you're like, is that the Georgia team we've been watching all yeah. season? Yep. The penalties, uh, the the turnovers, the, the, dropped the snaps, field goal on like the snap, the, uh, the field, field goal. goal. Oh my gosh! You're like, you're like, what? I haven't seen an Alabama team that bad since the mid 2000s. Seriously, I mean, I mean that was that was bad football by Alabama. I know they're banged up a little bit. I know it's on the road at Auburn. I know Auburn's a damn good football team, but still, just like Georgia did, you can't inflict yourself with your own, you know, stupidity with that kind of stuff. And I know Alabama right now, they still got a shot. And I think once they do get healthy, they're going to have about four or five weeks off. Once they do get healthy, I think they're a completely different football team come December once they get some of those guys healed up. But they look really bad. Auburn, though, looks really, 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 really good. They look really, really good. Defensively, they look good. They look good all year. Jared Sidham has just been crushing it this past month, month and a half. I see a huge, huge huge disadvantage for them if Kerryon Johnson can't play this yeah. weekend. You just, you just cannot uh, overstate we'll that enough. Yeah, you yeah. cannot overstate that yeah. enough if they're missing Kerryon Johnson, but their defense, specifically their defensive line, has just been dominating. I don't think anybody expected them to do what they did to Alabama. Completely changed Alabama's approach in the run game. Uh, they were whoa, whoa, whoa. I think I think I predicted that preseason. I'm just going to throw it out there right you now. You certainly did. I and, predicted and you, Auburn and, would win. And you texted me uh, from the beach in Oahu, and uh, you said Auburn wins. And I go, okay, because I sent you the line. You said Auburn wins. So shout out to Aaron Murray there. I took the points. Whoa. I thought Alabama would win on a field goal. I don't really know why I said that. Um, my wife, I guess she's brainwashed me to believe that Alabama can beat anyone <laughs> and everyone <laughs> anywhere. But... I cannot wait to go over the possibilities for the college football playoff because I'm sure Alabama will be there. I'm just sure they will. That will come later on this week for sure. I wish we would have had, I wish we would have had the podcast in my office today because we had a discussion for about 45 minutes to an hour of every possible scenario that could happen. Oh yeah. We took a little, we took a little, we're here for That's why you listen. We took a little break. Yeah. You know, but uh, we had some fun, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, very interesting this next week and a half. And I think everyone at ESPN and all these talk radio shows, including us, yeah. are loving all the things, all the topics, all the craziness. And and that's why we're doing a show every week, baby. There's just too much to talk about show, or every day this week. A show every day. And what differentiates us from ESPN and other talk radio shows, one, we know what we're talking about, and two, we're right. That's the best part about always what we right. bring. We're always right. Okay, speaking of being right. Last week, there was a Friday game. Miami was going to Pittsburgh, the number two ranked Miami Hurricanes, going to Pittsburgh. And I said, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Miami was a 14-point favorite. This game kicked off at noon in Heinz Field. You're never sure about the weather in Pittsburgh. Miami used to 80-degree days. I said, for sure, take the points. Miami did not show up. It was the first loss of the season for Coach Rick and the Hurricanes. A lot of people are pointing to the reputable CMR no-show game. I still don't understand how that falls on CMR's shoulders when his players don't play. But can they compete against Clemson, Aaron? Because I called that they would have a tough time. I called them to lose the game. And I'm sitting there going, hey, I'm on the Clemson bandwagon. I have been since week one. You know that about me. I think Clemson just rolls next week because they are playing some really good football right now. And most importantly, much like Georgia, they're healthy. Yeah, they're healthy. And in Miami, I tell you what, it just was not a good day at the office for yeah. those boys. They could they couldn't do anything. And then I just I you know, I love Coach Rick. Of course. I just we love, both do. I, he's a great coach, a great man. 
but why are you benching your starting quarterback in the fourth quarter? Malik Rozier, yeah, I know he's been having a rough day. I know, but you're going to give the ball down. What was the, you're down they at 10 down points. 10, point. yeah. You're going to give the ball to a quarterback who's attempted five passes this entire season? That's not a good coaching decision. Malik Rozier, he's 11-0 and as your starter. And I know he's having a bad game, but he just needs a little bit of a spark, and I'm sure he could have turned it around. Instead, you put it in Sheriff's hands, 0 for 2, no yards, and he's out, 3 and out, boom, you move on, and you lose I mean, the possession. And killer, you're pretty yeah. much done. Yeah, that's pretty much a momentum killer from there because now now everyone on the sidelines question you. I know I was questioning you all the way from Hawaii. <laughs> everyone on the sidelines, everyone in that stadium is saying, what in the world did he just do right there? I didn't really understand it. I mean, obviously I trying to send a message, but that's not the time or no, the place. The I've been saying it for the past few weeks. When Miami can force turnovers and capitalize on them with points, they are very, very good. But you cannot rely on turnovers. Aaron, you've played football for a very long time. You cannot rely on turnovers. You work to get them, and then when you do get them, you have to seize the opportunity. Miami got two didn't score points either time they lose. Offense didn't show up, and Pittsburgh, I guess, had the best game of their season because they knock off the number two team. But, of course, Miami headed to the ACC championship this weekend. We're going to touch on that this week, and the winner of that game gets to go to the college football playoff as well. Their opponent in the ACC championship game, that would be the Clemson Tigers, and they played in the Palmetto Bowl thanks to our followers on Twitter, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. They tweeted at me after I asked them in last week's episode what that rivalry game was called. Clemson blasts South Carolina 34-10. to South Carolina had a late touchdown. This thing was ugly often, 34-3 for much of the game. It was not close, and Clint and I said it on the podcast last week, Aaron, South Carolina had no chance to match Clemson's offense scoring the ball. Clemson's finding their groove at the right time, and it's a huge matchup in the ACC championship game. The point spread is big in Clemson's favor, and I think for a reason. A healthy Kelly Bryant, they may be the best team in the nation, and I expect them to be number one in the college football playoff poll tomorrow night. Well, Will is by far the best game I think I've seen Clemson play in a long time. I think they've been, in my opinion, very hot and cold this season. Uh, Yeah, they only have one loss. It wasn't a great, it wasn't a great loss to Syracuse, but I just, I honestly, the most complete game. And that kind of worries me because I was a big, big fan of Miami heading into the weekend. And then you look at what obviously they did against Pittsburgh. And then now what Clemson was able to reel off against the South Carolina team, which I thought South Carolina was going to put a better show on. I thought they might've had a chance to upset them playing in South Carolina, a very hostile environment. They've been playing well defensively this season. I thought they would be able to slow Clemson down enough to kind of make it competitive but they just looked unstoppable. And if they continue to play like that Clemson, you know, they'll win this weekend and they'll probably end up winning the national championship again this season because they looked, they looked invincible to go in there. It's not like they're playing at Clemson. They're going to South Carolina, big rivalry game on the road. And they just whoop some butt. Kelly Bryant had a great day, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but 23, 34, 272 is a dang good day against playing in South Carolina. So I tell you what, I never had a good day playing there. That is yeah, a rough, tough. rough place to play. Yeah, there's no question. And, and for the past three seasons, really, Clemson has performed their best in big-time games. I mean, they went up to Syracuse on a Friday night and lost, right? Maybe playing down to the competition, maybe not being up for a smaller crowd, less energized atmosphere. 
you know, heading into this weekend against Miami in the ACC championship, a scenario that they are very familiar with now. They are not scared of the situation of playing to get into the college football playoff. I think that is a huge advantage for them. And as a former player for Coach Rick Aaron, you can speak to this, okay? His boys are going to be ready to play. Coach Smith, Coach Rick is being nothing but positive heading into this week. He is letting his guys know everything out there is still in front of them. There's no time to wallow. There's no time to feel sorry for yourself. You got to get up and you got to get ready to go play Clemson, who has a fantastic defense. They're going to have to force turnovers. And when I say turnovers, I mean pick six to the house, fumble recovery for a touchdown, maybe even somehow a kickoff return touchdown to keep this one close because I just don't see how they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, they're going to need a little uh, Jacksonville Jaguars defense slash offense. Oh, my God. Because the Jaguars, that's pretty much the only way they're scored nowadays, too, is when their defense returns it for a touchdown. Um, yeah, we'll we'll, di- we'll dive in this yes. a little later. I got I to gotta do some more research, yes. see what's going on, make sure I have an educated guest come this weekend. But right now, I don't want to just have an impulsive pick because – if I had to Clemson after this past weekend and obviously Miami too, it could get ugly fast. So hopefully coach Rick gets those boys ready to rock and roll and hopefully they shine, they shine the chain up a little oh, the turnover okay. chain. They get okay. it nice and shiny looking good. And they have that thing ready to rock and roll for a big weekend. Yeah. Big breakdown coming up on that game throughout the week. Last game, we're going to touch on the most inconsistent team in America. And I think the team that Alabama fans will be rooting for the most this weekend the Ohio State Buckeyes went to Ann Arbor and beat Michigan 31-20 to in the big game. The big story here, JT Barrett got hurt running off the sideline. Urban Meyer said that he bumped into a cameraman. He said the cameraman intentionally bumped JT Barrett. They're going to start a full-fledged investigation on this. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know he got hurt. That's unfortunate. But Ohio State is so inconsistent. Now they have to take on an undefeated Wisconsin team in the Big Ten Championship again. We will have everything you need to know throughout this week on the Punt and Pass podcast. But if they win, Alabama's in. If Ohio State beats Wisconsin, Alabama will go to the college football playoff. There's no doubt. They're just so inconsistent. I know Urban Meyer gets his team ready to go for big games, but let's not forget, Aaron, they got whooped by Oklahoma, and they got dominated by 31 points to an Iowa Hawkeye team. And I'll just say right here, Hot Take City, if you lose by 31 to Iowa, you should not be able to play in the college football playoff. I'm sorry. No, there's no chance. If they they win this game, Alabama is a better football team and Alabama will jump them and go there. They, yes. Ohio state has no chance to get into the college football playoffs. There's no chance on the unless, flip side, unless, unless TCU beats Oklahoma somehow, then maybe Ohio state can jump in. They have been way too inconsistent. And honestly, there's too many distractions right now. Yeah. There's way too many. Now with this JT Barrett stuff, obviously the whole coaching scenario, you know, the Tennessee stuff with them yeah. as well. It's just, there's too many distractions when you're going against a very good Wisconsin football team. These guys, their heads are going to be all over the place about the coaches, about the investigation now with their quarterback. They're not focused on the football game. It's just, it's not a good sign when there's, when you have to deal with all this stuff off the field. Um, and they didn't play great against Michigan either. Michigan, no, they were down not 14, a very good, nothing early. Yeah. Michigan's not a good football team. They're not a good offense. Defense has been up and down the season. They're just, really bad. So once again, not dominating that game is not a good sign for them heading into this weekend going against Wisconsin. I can't wait to break that game down. Ohio state 
playing Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game because if Wisconsin wins, they'll be undefeated 13-0, and and they are certainly going to be in the college football playoff as a Big Ten champion. Um, this one will be fun to break down. I think you brought up a great point, Aaron. A lot going on. Urban Meyer keeps talking about a cameraman. You might have lost your starting quarterback, JT Barrett, and Greg Schiano. I don't even know if he's in Columbus, Ohio right now. I have no idea where that dude is. He is certainly not in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, before we finish it up, Aaron, I forgot to bring up one thing in the show up, and I have to ask you a question because I'm minding my own business on Saturday, just relaxing, just hanging out, watching football with a buddy of mine, Tony Morelli. Shout out, Tony, who was in town. My wife was a little nervous getting ready for the Iron Bowl, so I gave her a little time with her sister and her mom. I know you were chilling in Hawaii, and just a tweet from the rafters comes down after Georgia dismantles Georgia Tech. I mean, left field. I, I mean, from the top of the foul pole, this tweet comes down from none other than Stake Shapiro. Stake Shapiro is a host on 680 The Fan in Atlanta. I think he's a great radio host. I think he is a fantastic point man. But, Aaron, you did a little fluff piece for a website called campuslore.com. And it was like funny. Hey, I'm Aaron Murray. I went to Georgia. Okay, so what's the Georgia Tech rivalry mean to you? Oh, well, they're just a bunch of nerds. Typical. I call my two brothers-in-law nerds all the time. Oh, they don't know what first and 10 means. You know, this gimmicky offense. Like everything that you would say during rivalry week and somebody would look at you and be like, whatever about Georgia, you stink. They probably bring up the 2012 SEC championship game and then you laugh it off. And you go on with your day. But Stig Shapiro sends out a tweet and says, I promise Aaron Murray, the tech alum I know in Atlanta aren't nerds. They are dudes making a lot of jack that love sports and this rivalry. You should be lucky to have careers as good as theirs in the real world. Taking post-football jobs into account, taking post-college careers into account. I mean, this is the hottest take I've ever seen. And when you go the route of, Georgia Tech people make a lot of money, and you would be lucky to have a career as, I guess, the general consensus of Georgia Tech graduates have. I mean, give me an absolute break. You can say you were playing radio. You can say you were riling your fans up on Twitter to get a reaction. You certainly did that. But give me a break. Aaron, I'll say one thing on your behalf. Not only your football resume, but your resume. Take football completely out of it. You'd be just fine, buddy. You'd be absolutely yeah. just fine. I, I think I think we're doing fine. I love one guy who tweeted. <laughs> he said, I think Aaron has the best gig in the world. He's, he gets a paid vacation to get the call exactly. football game in Hawaii for a week. Um, listen, I was cracking up, and I was just looking at people responding, and he just got bashed. I mean, he obviously does not understand the rivalry as well as us because we played it. Exactly. And, and, and people in the sand say it all the time. We'll scream out your nerds and then they scream back. Well, you'll be working for us one day. It's just the way it goes. Exactly. It's every team, every team has a big rivalry and then obviously there's fun trash talk. And obviously he did not watch it close enough to see that. I was literally giggling and laughing through the majority of the interview. And obviously it was a joke. I wasn't saying it like I'm some uh, <laughs> big ass or whatever. So I, I just, I think he may have been just had a little bit too much to eat and drink over the Thanksgiving holiday and yes. was feeling very courageous and decided to just speak his mind. So good for him for doing it. But, um, you know, from, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't understand the game well enough in the rivalry. So just, it's unfortunate that, but I think the fans kind of got after him and, and he, he realized it now. And, 
it's just all fun and games. So yep. whatever, we yep. move on. Absolutely, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure he'll be hearing more of it throughout the week. I know you're on with Bucket Kincaid tomorrow Tuesday, I think at 12:30. So if you hear this tonight or tomorrow morning, tune in to listen to Aaron on Bucket Kincaid on 680 The Fan in Atlanta. Okay, Aaron, the week has begun. It's Monday night right now. We will be at. Sweetwater Brewery on Friday at 6.30 for a live taping. Come hang out. Come drink some delicious beers. And this weekend will be an absolute blast. Aaron, anything left, or do you want to save it for tomorrow when we bring everybody another edition of Punk Listen, Pass? I was, I was kind of getting tired and, like, wanted to go to sleep, and then you have to bring that last that last little segment <laughs> up. Sorry, bro. I wanted to do it in the you beginning like, to shoot us out of the cannon. I, I got to go, go take the dogs for a long walk now or something <laughs> to kind of calm my nerves at least before when I saw the tweets, I was on the beach having a couple of drinks. Yeah. I was fine. Now, now I'm so now I'm, now I'm sober and hanging out on the land. So now <laughs> I got to go take the dogs for a walk <laughs> to calm my soul. Perfect. No, it's going to be a fun week, man. I'm excited. I think the Sweetwater is going to be an absolute blast Friday night. I can't wait to see everyone come out there and, uh, and have some fun. Absolutely. And stay tuned for a few more announcements that we might have regarding this weekend. But for Aaron, I'm Drew at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, puntandpass at gmail.com, at Aaron Murray 11, at Drew Butler 13. Check back in tomorrow evening when we put out another edition of Punt and Pass. We'll be doing one a day this entire week to get you ready and start breaking down what's sure to be an awesome conference championship weekend. Once again, we're punting pass and we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you.